So we are back at uh, another crack or fight club. We have been through two episodes. Episode one helped us to understand that God fights anywhere. God fights in any place. God fights in any space. And I don't know what place you are in. I don't know what space you find yourself in. But if you are in a fight, God can actually fight in that particular spot. Episode two, help us to understand that just because there is a fight, it doesn't mean that you should fight. God can actually say no to some fights. Uh, today, I want to go into episode number three, and I want to use Second Chronicles chapter 35, verse number 20 to verse number 24. Uh, here's a question I, I found on Quora.com that I want to pose to you as I go about reading this particular text. The question is this, which is better, run away from a fight you're going to lose or get beat up? Once again, which is better, run away from a fight you're going to lose or get beat up? First, Second Chronicles chapter 35, verse number 20 to 24 that we're going to read involves a king. Uh, Josiah, uh, the, 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 the son of Ammon, who was the son of Manasseh, who was the, the son of Hezekiah, is about to get into a fight. And he must make a decision. Am I going to get beat up or am I going to run away? And read with me to figure out exactly what he decides to do in this particular fight. Verse number 20 begins by saying, after all this, when Josiah had established the temple, Nico, king of Egypt, went up to fight Archimedes on the Euphrates, and Josiah went out to meet him. But, check this, he sent envoys to him, or envoys to him, saying, What have we to do with each other, king of Judah? I am not coming to fight against you this day, but against the house with which I am at war. And God has commanded me to hurry. Seize opposing God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him, from him, but disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Nico from the mouth of God, but came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. An archer shot King Josiah, and Josiah said to his servants, Take me away, for I am badly wounded. I just want to reread verse number 22 for the purposes of our sermon this morning. And nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him, but disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Nico from the mouth of God, but came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. Uh, according to my study and reading, I have chosen to marry this text to the title, under cover under cover uh, let us pray father god you are good you're awesome you're kind i need you right now my brothers and sisters need you right now father it's not a demand it's a plea and i ask you father that every thought that is of anxiety every thought that is of depravity Every thought that is of fear may flee. And that's our plea this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Josiah mounted the throne at the tender age of eight. At the tender age of eight, I was busy playing football. And we made our balls from taking plastics and formulating them or forming them into a ball that we used to kick around and we used to get dusty. At the tender age of eight, I was fighting with my siblings about who would get to uh, watch a certain kind of movie or who would get the bigger portion from uh, the cookies that my mother would give us after she came from work. At the tender age of eight, I used to steal uh, powdered milk from the cupboard that my mom told us not to touch, especially if we're not using it for, for breakfast. 
At the tender age of eight, I used to uh, skip classes like a fool. Josiah, at the tender age of eight, transforms into a man. He sits on the throne of Judah. As a king, he must now deal with matters of national security. As a king, he must uh, listen to briefings about what is happening around Judah. He must listen to reports about uh, which national threat must be dealt with. He must sit in budget committees to discuss the fiscal year of the nation. He must talk about who to hire, who to fire at the tender age of eight. A young man uh, takes responsibility. And some of you at the, at the tender age of a certain age had to become responsible. You had to grow up beyond your years. And here is a king at the tender age of eight must sit on a throne and lead a nation of grown-ups. The grandfather of Josiah, Manasseh, left a trail of wreckage of disaster when he vacated the throne. You see, for the period of 55 years as king of Judah, Manasseh followed the popular trends on, 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 on social media, if we use the term, in those times. Uh, he would read on his social media feed and he would see what was trending and he would realize that right now what is trending is to sacrifice children, to take babies and, and put them at the altar and burn them with fire for the purpose of worshiping a God so that he can have more rain, so that his crops would do better, so that he would be more successful in his uh, exploits so that he would grow his financial portfolio. Manasseh would read the, the trend and he would see that what was trending at the time is to carve images of deities or gods or things to worship and, and put them in the temple and, and situate them on hillsides there in Judea and Jerusalem because that is what the Philistines were doing. That is what the Phoenicians were doing. That is what the Sidonians were doing. That is what the Assyrians were doing. That is what the Egyptians were doing. Manasseh would read on his social media feed and he would realize that everybody is seeking necromancers and, and fortune tellers and, and poem readers. And so he would bring these people in into his palatial estate and, and they would tell him his future. They would reveal to uh, Manasseh, Manasseh, your future is like this and your future is like that. Uh, when you read the biblical account, it, it is so amazing to me that we get the uh, declaration from a biblical writer that Josiah was such a bad dude. He was such a bad man that he made God mad. But Manasseh had a change of heart and he decided to repent from his uh, wicked and evil ways. He, he, he stopped being a bad boy. He stopped being a bad king and he started being a good king at the end of his life. But the wreckage of evil remained. The father of Josiah, Amen, uh, situated himself on the throne after Manasseh went six feet under. And being on the throne, he, he, he decided to not only follow the footsteps of the wicked king Manasseh, his father, who had left a legacy and an example. He followed that same example, but he even did worse than Manasseh, his father, to the point that he refused to repent. In other words, he said, I'm not going to change my ways. I have decided he sold his soul to the devil. He sold his soul to evil. He said, whatever is evil, the trendiest evil that is happening right now, that is the evil that I want to follow. And there was a coup in the court of Ammon that after 24 months on the throne of Judah, he was killed and slain by his own. So when Josiah mounts the throne, this is the legacy that he finds 
on the throne. He, fought, he found a door of evil opened for him to enter. As the saying goes, if an apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And so here was a situation that gave Josiah an opportunity, a legacy that gave him an opportunity to continue the same legacy. Uh, perhaps your legacy, the legacy that your parents have left, the legacy that your grandparents have left, the legacy that those who have been in your company have left, the legacy that those who have gone before you in your church have left is a bad legacy. It is a wicked legacy. It is an evil legacy. When you look at your legacy, you see divorce. When you look at your legacy, you see abuse, whether it is parental abuse, whether it is familial abuse, whether it is a drug abuse, whether it is a physical abuse. When you look at your legacy, you see a legacy of, of cheats and, and unfaithful. You see a legacy of of college dropouts and high school dropouts you see a legacy of people who have done many things and and the door of evil is open before you when you look at the legacy left by others who have been in your company you see that they have cheated the the company you see that they came in late and they left early you see that they didn't do good the ceo led the company down the drain when you look at your legacy you see that it is a bad legacy and it seems that you must also walk in the same legacy you must also repeat the same situation but you don't have to you see you can choose a different legacy you can choose to do things a little bit different and what I love is, according to one writer, says that uh, we are writing our legacies every day. Think about that. Right now, as I preach to you, I'm writing my legacy. Right now, as you listen to me, you're writing your legacy. Right now, as you are talking and not listening to this sermon, you're writing your legacy. Right now, if you are playing around on, on Instagram and doing all kinds of things instead of being in church, or listening to the word of God, you're writing your legacy. The way you read books or the books that you don't read, you're writing your legacy. If you are not exercising as you should, you're writing your legacy. If you are not putting the effort into your work as you should, you're writing your legacy. If all you think about is what others are doing, you're writing your legacy. And I want to, to point out that the greatest legacy is not the legacy of things that you leave behind the greatest legacy is what you leave behind in people the greatest legacy is the impact that you make on people and i'm so glad that the young boy josiah the the, the text is so beautiful it reads that in the eighth year of his reign while he was still a boy josiah started to seek the god of david his father he looked at the legacy of Manasseh, his granddad. He said, it's not good for me. He looked at the legacy of his father, Amen. He said, it's not good for me. He went back into the history book, books. He did his research and he found the greatest of legacies in his father, great, 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 great grandfather, David. You see, your legacy may be set in front of you, but you can choose your legend. You can choose the person that you will follow. And that is the beauty of the situation. Just like what we do uh, on, on social media or on Facebook and Instagram, on Twitter. We choose the people we follow. We may not choose our families, but we get to choose the people we follow. And, 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 and Josiah chooses to follow the legacy of his father, David. I'm not going to go the way of my father, Manasseh, my grandfather, Manasseh. I'm not going to go the way of my father, Amen. You don't have to follow the examples of your brother or your sister or your mother or your father. You don't have to. You don't have to follow the examples of those who have worked in your company. You don't have to. You can choose 
the legend to buttress, to, to, to fortify your legacy. And here Josiah chose his father, David, the prototypical king. He chose the best king, the man with an outstanding legacy. I love the way the text says, it says he chose to follow, to seek the God of his father, David. You see, we are not to be copycats of other people. You are to be you. God has created you unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But we must learn to utilize examples of other people who have made God the centerpiece of their life. You see, he began to seek the, his father, David. The God of his father, David. He was not seeking David. He was seeking the God of his father, David. In other words, he studied the life of David and he realized, wait a minute, David is a man after God's own heart. Yes, David might have sinned and, 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 and committed adultery and he might have killed another man for a woman. But David had it in his heart in such a way that when he made a mistake, he sought God. When he made a mistake, he repented. He didn't see a perfect David. He saw an imperfect David. But I'm glad that God is not looking for perfect people. God is interested in people who are perfectly committed to God. No, that's an amen moment right there. You know, God isn't interested in a perfect human being. He is interested in a human being that is perfectly committed to him. Because the truth of the matter is, our, our perfection, our righteousness is like filthy rags. I, I don't want to get too graphic, but if you read about that, you will realize that the, the writer is not talking about a thing that is nice. So God isn't interested in perfect people but is interested in perfect loyalty and and he 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 picked up on David's loyalty to God and he started to follow David and started to seek God he entered a life of devotion and the text says in the 12th in in the eighth year of his reign at this particular point uh, Josiah was only 16 when he begins to seek God, he was only 16 years of age. A sister this week reminded me that age ain't nothing but a number. And that's true. You see, your age doesn't matter. It's what you do with your age. And I, I want to talk to uh, my youngins listening to me right now, teens and those who are younger, those of us who are at the same age right here, that you don't have to be old to be used by God. You don't have to be old to be enrolled in the fight club of God. You can be a youth. You can be wet behind your ears. You may have no experience, but you can enroll in the fight club of God. And Josiah, at the age of 16, he enrolled in the fight club of God. He entered a life of devotion. It wasn't a life of action. It was a life of devotion. Uh, let me talk to those of us who cannot uh, devote our time to God just for 30 minutes a day or five minutes in prayer. You know, we, we, we start reading the word of God. We fall asleep. Uh, Josiah devoted his life to God for four years. All he did was he prayed. All he did was he, he, he reflected on this God of David. He got to understand God better. He started to see God a little bit better for four years. That's what he did. After four years, we read that in the 12th year of his reign, four years later, there was a book discovered, the book of the law. And in this book of the law, Josiah discovers that his nation had a court case because of the wreckage of evil left not only by Manasseh or Amon but also including Ahab and including Rehoboam and, and Jeroboam and all the Oams uh, the, 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 the nation had a court case there was an indictment on Judah God had given the verdict guilty 
And only what was remaining was them to be incarcerated and for them to be thrown in prison to experience the punishment. But what I love about Josiah is that he did not look at that indictment and take it as an indictment on himself because he understood that a nation can make decisions, but the decisions that I make affect me and myself. It's me, myself, and I. And so reading this indictment that God is going to punish us, he decided to enter the work of reformation because after devotion there must be a work of reformation and Josiah started to purge all of Judah he started to do a cleanup mission he took the broom of reformation and he started to sweep away the dirt of Manasseh he started to sweep away the dirt of Ammon because they had left the dirt he went and swept the mountains and he cleaned out all of the idols he went into the temple and he cleaned out all of the idols in the temple he went throughout the city he cleaned it out you see he wasn't like some of us who when we are sweeping we go around our bed we don't do, we don't go under the bed no 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 Josiah made sure that he went into the cupboard he looked and he cleaned out all the cobwebs of idolatry and child sacrifice he made sure that he went under the bed and he removed all the the, the necromancers and, and the fortune tellers because when you begin the work of reference information you must remove every dirt there must not be any residue of evil brother and sister you must you must do the same thing in your life when you realize that God has led you in a specific direction you have been listening to him and being guided by him when you realize that there is a there is sin in your life you cannot simply go around and and sweep lightly and and not really go deep you must go deep and remove it you must purge it out. You must clean it out. And this is what Josiah did. He made sure that there was no residue. He made sure that there was no dirt. You can't leave behind. There cannot be a little nest egg of sin. There cannot be a little fallback plan on. When you go in fully with God, you must fully go in with God. Uh, too many of us, when we go in with God, we are not going in all the way with God. We got one foot with God, but yet another foot is out. We, we, we are trying to figure things out with God. But no, Josiah says, I have been devoted. I have been connected. And that's the point. You must be devoted. You must know God perfectly and well. And once you have gotten to understand God perfectly and well, then you are able to do the work of reformation clearly and properly because it is based not on your understanding of what you should clean up it is based upon God's leading on what you should clean up so at the age of 20 at the age of 16 Josiah began the work of devotion at the age of 20 Josiah started the work of reformation but then after some years, he realized that we have not kept the, uh, the Passover, the Passover, that great, that great ceremony that reminded the Israelites that they need the blood of the lamb to save them from their sins. Uh, they needed the blood of the lamb because that's what happens when you've been devoted, you've been reformed. You have to go back to the blood of the lamb. And so here there was the complete work of restoration. When you have moved from devotion to reformation, there comes ref restoration. And, and, and we read that this happened in the 18th year of his reign. So from the time that he began the work of devotion to the time that he continued the work of reformation to the point when he celebrated the Passover, the final restoration, Josiah had reached the age of 26. He was a man, young man. But yet, if you look at him on the ladder of success, if you look at him on the ladder of biblical success, Josiah had reached the epitome of success. He had been successful because he had accomplished a great feat. Just like David, just like Abraham, just like the greats of faith, he had lived a perfect life connected to God. And that's what success is. It is not the amount of 
the titles you have after your name. It is not the bank account. It is not the amount of money you have in your bank account. It is not the amount of kilometers that you run. It is not the amount of connections that you have. It is not the amount of followers that you have. That is not biblical success. Those things can come, but that is not biblical success. Success comes when you have lived a life fully committed, perfectly devoted to God. And here, Josiah was a man who had reached the epitome of success. If Josiah died at the age of 26, he would have been one of the most successful kings in the nation of, of Judah. And that's what I want to encourage somebody here today. You may not have the things that the world says you should have. You may not be at the right uh, status as the world says you should be at. You may not have the right weight. You may not have the right age. I don't care about that. What I care is, is your life connected to God? Is your life in tune with God? Do you make God the centerpiece of your life? Or he, is he just another piece of your life? Uh, too many of us, we are seeking and driving and, uh, and hungering after good things. and want to be successful. Praise the Lord. You should, you should be ambitious and, and desirous and all those kind of things. But make sure that at the top of your pyramid of success, you can say, God leads my life. And that is success. You know, one of the, the people that I have put on my Mount Rushmore of success is Kobe Bean Bryant. I have put him on, the, on my Mount Rushmore of, 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 of heroes, basketball heroes, that is, because he left a legacy of the Mamba mentality. Uh, when you look at his life, you realize that he played basketball with everything that he had. Now, on the Mount Rushmore of Josiah was David. Now, when, when, when Josiah looked at David, he saw David as a man who had been instrumental in uniting the nation of Israel from a band of tribes to one nation. He sees a man who had been instrumental in quelling all of the enemies of Israel when Josiah looked at his success and when he compared it to his legend that he had chose he felt as if there was still need for more success buttons on his belt he needed to add it to his resume his resume simply read a man who was instrumental in bringing us back to the temple if you read verse number 20 it says after all this, after dedication, I mean devotion and reformation and restoration, after he had established the temple. Now I want to pause right there. Josiah had been instrumental in establishing the temple which his grandfather Amon and I mean Manasseh and Amon had kind of closed. He had been successful in bringing the people back to God. I, I, allow me to bring it to you for a moment. He had achieved a, a, a quality accomplishment. He had achieved something that was not a quantity, but he had quality. Uh, we prize, and, and rightfully so, when we look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because though Jesus did not own a car, though Jesus did not drive a BMW, though Jesus never rode in a chariot or rode a horse, though Jesus never owned a palatial estate, Jesus was instrumental in buying us our salvation. It, it, he didn't do many great things in, in, in terms of the world's evaluation, but his sacrifice was a quality accomplishment because he led us back to God and Josiah by establishing the temple he was leading the people back to God the greatest accomplishment is the one in which you are able to lead another person to God so we should not judge success based upon the quantity of accomplishment we need to judge success based upon the quality of accomplishment but Josiah was not satisfied because when Nico the king of Egypt is passing through Judea to go to Carchemish uh, up north on the Euphrates River. The text says Josiah went out to meet him. 
Josiah went out to meet him. Allow me to give you a little detail that I haven't mentioned. Uh, from the time that Josiah finished the work of devotion and the work of reformation and the work of restoration, there had been a gap of 13 years. In other words, for 13 years, Josiah had had no action. Uh, it means that when he looked at his resume, resume, he didn't see anything else. In fact, the biblical accounts are quiet. They are mum. They are hushed on the life of Josiah after the Passover. And so I see a man who has been quiet for 13 years. There's been no action for 13 years. And so he, he, he hears that Nico, the Egyptian king, is going to Carchemish. And so he says, no, nah, I, I got to go fight. Because when you have texted success, when you have tested success, you crave for more success. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you have won that court case, if you have accomplished that, 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 that defense, if you have gotten that degree, the only natural thing is to want more of the same. As you know, Apple is this great company that has achieved uh, success in, in terms of sales. Almost $3 trillion, if I'm not mistaken. And now because of that success, Apple thinks and believes that they can succeed in other areas to the point that they're taking over the headphone business. Because when you have been successful, you hunger for more success. And so here, uh, Josiah hears, Nico is passing through. He says, I have had spiritual success. I've been successful in the fight club of faith. But now I think it is right for me to have success in geop ge geopolitical politics. I need to have success in world international politics. What would it be, and I'm sure he was dreaming, what would it be if I attacked Nico and beat him? I'm sure it would be a great success. And so Josiah, because he hungered for success, and you know how it is when you've been playing a video game, uh, you want more success, you, 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 you want to go to the next level. So he says, I've got the spiritual success. Let me go for the political success. So he doesn't take time to seek God. He had taken time, four years, to pray and, and engage God to figure out, Lord, what should I do? And God says, you need to clean up this area. You need to clean up all of the idolatry. You need to clean up what has been going on. He doesn't take that time to devote to God or even take five minutes to pray to God. He just gears up and takes his soldiers. He doesn't take time to meditate and he doesn't take time to reflect. Is this fight my fight? Do I need to fight the same way as I fought this spiritual battle? He doesn't take time to consult his uh, counselors and advisors. He just simply goes out to fight. He doesn't look at the reality of the situation. The brother only thirsted for the fight, but it was not his fight. It was Nico's fight. There is a card. It's called the black card. You, you might have heard about the black card. You see, the black card is not given to everybody. I know I cannot own the black card because I don't make that kind of money. You need to make a ridiculous amount of money in order to have a black card. For people who own a black card, do not think about bills. They think about owning islands and, and buying countries. Those, those are the kind of people that get the black card. It is a card by invitation. Josiah had been fighting the battle spiritually. God had given him what I call the spiritual black 
card because he had the resources necessary to fight the this fight because he was devoted he was committed but he did not have the same resources to fight a geopolitical fight he was not invited in fact Nico was simply passing through Judea to go and have the back of his friend in Assyria, in Assyria because the Babylonian tsunami was sweeping through the Middle East and already some of the cities of Assyria had drowned in the tsunami of Babylon and, and, and there were only a few cities remaining and so Nico wanted to go and have the back of his friend and fight with Assyria he had no issues with uh, Josiah he had no issues he had no issues and I say it again he had no issues with Judea he had no beef with Judea he had no quarrel with Judea and so when Josiah comes to fight Nico Nico says and sends messengers uh, to Josiah Josiah listen the last time I checked, you and me never had a quarrel. We, we never had an issue, right? I mean, I'm not coming here to fight against you. I'm actually coming up to fight against the family which I'm at war with. You and me, we have no battle. In fact, God has told me to hurry. Josiah, stop fighting God who is with me. Lest he destroy you. Nico gave Josiah prophetic words. He gave him wise words. Josiah, you don't need to meddle in this fight. You, you don't need to fight me. I am on a God-directed mission. I am on a mission that God has given to me. And so hear me carefully. Success in one area does not give you authority, does not give you access, does not give you permission to fight in another area if God has not approved it. At this particular point, if I was Josiah, I would have been like, mm, it is Nico, a, an Egyptian king talking to me. Why am I going to be insisting to fight a man who I should not be fighting with? I, I, I better turn back. If I was Josiah, I would have realized that I am meddling in battles that are not my own. I am fighting situations that are mine, and so I would have turned back. But Josiah does not turn back. He insists to fight. There is a feature on Microsoft Word when, you're, when you've been typing a document. Uh, and so let's say that you want to close your document. Uh, uh, a window pops up and there are three buttons that you can press. The first but button says, don't save. Another one says, cancel. The other one says, save. When you click the don't save button, what it does is it doesn't save your document and your document is lost forever. The message is gone. When you click cancel, it doesn't close the window and your document remains on the screen and you can continue working. When you click save, it saves your work and closes the document for another day. So Josiah does not press save to say, you know what, I'm going to save this situation. I'm not going to fight in this fight. I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. You know, I, I'll save it for another day. He doesn't push cancel to say, you know what? Uh, let me stop this operation. Josiah pushes, don't save. He says, forget the message of God. I need to go and fight. Because Josiah says, I have been too quiet for too long. And therefore, let me fight. Sometimes you're so excited to get in the fight. Sometimes you're so interested to engage in the battle. You're so interested to get involved that you do not listen to anybody else. That you do not listen to opinion, to any opinions because you are interested to fight so much. And so here Josiah does not listen. He says, you know what, I'm going to fight this man. And, and the text reminds us and he says, Josiah is so sad. He says he did not turn away from him. 
like a river set in its course. Josiah says, I'm set in its course. I'm going to fight this man head on. I'm going to go and fight. Sometimes, brother and sister, hear me. Let me give you a little fight club secret. Not every fight you need to fight head on. Some fights you need to be like, you know what? Let me back away. You know what I mean? You need to be like this. I think I overstepped. Uh, some fights, yes, get involved, get engaged. But some fights, you got to know how to back up. You must learn how to change course. But Josiah was set in his course because he wanted to fight. And some of us are set in our courses because we, we, we want the job so much. Yeah, it's, it's going to cost me time with my family. Yeah, it's going to take my health away. Yeah, you know, I, I know, but I need the job. I might have to travel three hours through Jakarta traffic. I, I want a job. No, it's not the job that you need. In your heart, you know it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But somehow you convince yourself that, yeah, this is the job that I want. Am I speaking to somebody? You know, when we, some of us, we, we set our mind to the point that nothing can change us. We are like a river set on a course, and there's nothing that is going to change course. But yet, we need to be wise, like just, uh, 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 we need to be wise, like Joshua. That sometimes you don't need to go straight into the fight. You need to go around the city. <laughs> you need to go around with God. When God is by your side, He's going to tell you, "Walk around, my friend." Chill, my friend. It's not time to fight like this, my friend. But when you have set your mind that God has no opportunity to inject your thinking with his will, then you will do things that are pleasing to you and things that you think you should do. And so Josiah was set and the text says he disguised himself to fight with him. Man, you got to know that you want to fight if you have to change your your character Josiah went under cover Josiah to fight decided not to fight as king he decided to fight as one of his servants Josiah removed himself from the position of king mm-hmm he positioned, he removed himself from the position of king to be a fighter. A king is supposed to be distinguished in battle. He's supposed to stand out, be on an elevated position. The foreign army, army can see there is the king. But Josiah decides to, de, 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 uh, how do I put this? He decides to decline or to, to, to move, to, to step down from the horse and enter the arena like other soldiers because he wanted to fight. I'm going somewhere with this. You see, sometimes because we want to fight, we change our elevated position. We change the place where God has placed us and we put ourselves in a position where we shouldn't be in. We lose our honor. We lose our value because we want to fight. We want the success so much. We want the accomplishment so much. We want the attainment so much that we are willing to go undercover and fight out of character. <laughs> You see, Josiah joins what I call uh, undercover agents in the Bible. The first undercover agent we, we come across is Saul. Saul went undercover so that he could seek the witch of Endor. The witch of Endor, who God said do not have witches here. But he went to seek her so that she, she could show him Samuel. So that Samuel could tell him whether he should fight or not. But here was something that God says you shouldn't do. The other undercover agent I want to tell you about is Ahab. We talked about him in our first sermon in Fight Club. Ahab wanted to fight to the point that he changed his clothes and he fought against Ben-Hadad eventually. But Micaiah had told Ahab, Ahab, do not fight. But what I see in that in these men, in these undercover agents, Ahab. Saul and 
and, and Josiah. These are men who decided to go undercover when God had given them a different word. But because the word of God did not match their desire for success, did not match their purpose, they decided to go undercover. Some people will do the same thing that when they want to do something that they know they shouldn't do, they will go to a different city to do it. Some people they know when they shouldn't do something, they will use another, another handle on social media so that they can say whatever they want. Some people when they want to do something that they know they shouldn't do, they will go to another place or visit another website or change a church or change a job because somehow where they are, they are known already. And because they are known already, they are going to feel bad because they are known already and they are going to be criticized. But in order to do what they want to do, they will change location, they will change direction, and they will change how they think so Josiah decided to uh, disguise himself because he wanted to fight comfortably he wanted to fight clearly and conscience free in another in another personality You cannot fight undercover with God. You must fight in character with God. Unfortunately, too many of us, we fight out of character. The Christian that we are at home is not the Christian we are at work. The same person we are in another environment or situation is not the same person that we are in another situation. Some of us, we become chameleons that change based upon our environment. If everybody is laughing, we laugh. If everybody else is sad, we are sad. If everybody else is angry, we get angry. If everybody wants to protest, we want to protest because we allow the environment in which we're in to transform us and change us and make us be something that we are not. And here Josiah is fighting out of character. And I'm so amazed that we have a man who for 26 years has been fighting on team God. For 26 years, he has been doing the will of God, the work of devotion, the work of reformation, and the work of uh, restoration. But now he is doing a work of destruction. He's doing the work of, of rebellion. He's doing the work of, 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 of getting in the way of God. And I'm, I'm asking myself this question this morning. How come people who are good, Turn out to be bad. I'm reminded of Elliot Spitzer, the 54th governor of the great state of New York. Uh, he had been a governor for 14 months. But after 14 months, uh, it was discovered that he was in a prostitution ring. He was paying prostitutes, though he had a wife. And when I read the news and when people talked about it, they said, man, Elliot Spitzer, this gold star, this shining star has fallen and become a fallen star. And here is the reality of the situation. Josiah, the golden star of God, becomes a fallen star of God because he decided to be undercover. He decided to fight a fight he shouldn't fight. And I want you to know that that is the mystery of sin that can catch each and every one of us. You and me, brother and sister, we are as vulnerable as Josiah. It doesn't matter how long you have been serving God. It doesn't matter if you have done the work of restoration and reformation and devotion. It doesn't matter if you preach the word of God like I do. It doesn't matter if you do live streaming and, and you record sermons. It doesn't matter if you give your tithe faithfully to church. It doesn't matter if you give to the poor. But sin can catch all of us. And here is a man who is caught by the virus of sin. I call it the 
epidemic of sin. And that is our real virus in this situation. And he could not fight it. Even though God had given them the clearest indication that Josiah, you don't need to fight. You see, he didn't see God. He didn't pray. But God always finds a way to remind you. You see, God will give you clear signals when he's for something and when he's against something. And here, God had to speak through an Egyptian king, Nico, to tell his man, Josiah, please don't, don't fight. No, 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 don't, don't, don't fight. But Josiah says, you know what? Mm, ah, 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 Lord, I, I, I want to do what I want to do. And he decided to go undercover. He disguised himself. It's interesting to me that the word disguised is always used most of the times to refer to someone looking for something and finding it. It always refers to somebody searching for something that is found. And you see, it is interesting that the undercover agents I told you about, Saul and Josiah and Ahab, all of them were found out. Because you can play hide and seek with me. You can play hide and seek with Pastor Johannes and Elder Irwan and Gunawan and Frankie and Mark. You can play hide and seek with these guys. You can hide your motives. You can hide who you are. You can hide what you think. You can't pretend with human beings. But with God, you can never be undercover because God always uncovers. <laughs> with God, you cannot hide. And so here we see an undercover king who is an undercover agent. Here he fights out of character. And the text says, archers shot him. He was reigned with archers. The Josiah was revealed. The king was revealed. He wasn't supposed to be fighting this fight. Because when you fight against God, God will always show you up. When you fight against God, your deeds are always going to be known. They may not be known by anybody. You might go down to the grave and nobody might know them. You might hide them in your journey, in your journal and put a password on it. You might put a password on your phone and nobody might never know about them. Nobody might ever know that you have another person that you're talking to. Nobody might ever know that you have another account somewhere that you're keeping away from your family. Nobody might ever know that you're doing things on the side. Nobody might ever know that. You might go into the grave without anybody knowing. But with God, he always knows everything. You can never be undercover with God. Because he always uncovers. And Josiah was shot by archers. I believe that Josiah was skilled in archery because... When he is shot by archers, he tells his servants, uh, take me away for I'm badly wounded. And the servants took him from one chariot and they put him into another chariot. What it means is that Josiah had, had, had entered the battle as an archer. He, uh, he, he, he was shooting arrows and, and I want to believe that he had killed some Egyptian soldiers. But he didn't go into the battle with the cover of God. He didn't go into the battle with the fire of God. And because he had no divine protection, he had no God at his side, he was shot by the arrow. You may have skills and abilities and capabilities and you may be able to do things. But when God is not with you, when God is not guiding you, when God is not beside you, in front of you, under you and above you, you will not succeed. Because when you go undercover without God's cover, there's always an uncovering that shows the foolishness of the mistake. And too many of us were fighting battles. We, we, we have been embarrassed and, and too many of us have been doing things that we shouldn't be doing because God hasn't been a part of it. God hasn't been leading the situation. We have thought, I can hide away. I can do my own thing. But God says, uh-uh, you can never hide from me. You can never do your own thing because I see everything. I know your thoughts thoughts. I know what you're thinking about. I know what you're planning. Some of you after this sermon have already made a plan. God knows it. Some of you are already thinking about what to say to so and so. God already knows it. There is nothing that you do. There is nothing that I do that you can cover away from God. And Lord knows that too many of us we pretend and we try to cover things from God. We try to act as if God does not know. 
We act as if God does not see. We jump into our covers at night without saying our prayers at night, thinking that God doesn't see us when we pray. Sometimes even when we confess our bad mistakes, well, we don't say, Lord, forgive me that I said this and this and this. Uh, we simply say, God, forgive me I did bad. God knows exactly what you did bad. Have you had a situation you are trying to lie to somebody? You know what I mean? I mean, somebody's trying to lie to you, but you know the story already. And you look at that person like, man, can you just tell me the truth right here, right now? That's how we look to God when we try to be coverish with our mistakes. God is like, yo, look, don't cover your mistakes. Just tell me about it. Let's deal with it and let's move on. Josiah is put into a second chariot. And on the way to Jerusalem, he dies. You know, for Josiah, we should read, and he rested, but he died. In other words, he died a violent death. All the kings that died a good death, they rested, but he died a violent death. And you see, uh, you may not have died and, and lost your life, but something has died because you did. Uh, you fought a fight undercover. You didn't fight uh, with God. You fought by your own strength. And so uh, your reputation died. Your influence died. Uh, your health is dying. Uh, your, your time with your family has died. And things haven't been working out because you, you fought the fight uh, the wrong way. And Josiah died. And, and we read that all of Jerusalem and, and Judea, they mourned Josiah. They were sad for Josiah. Here is a king who is a good king, but yet he dies in battle. Only at the age of 39, he's dead in battle. The shining star has died and, and the people are, are looking at the death of Josiah from a different eye. Because they begin to realize that even a good king, a right king, it cannot save us as a nation. The death of Josiah was not just a death of a person. It was a death of a nation. Because God was communicating to his people. That yes, Josiah has done a good work in devotion and reformation and restoration. But your, your, your destiny, uh, your, 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 your future, your fate has been sealed. Because a foreign king... Babylon is coming is going to take you away. And so here the people are crying. They're mourning because they realize that as a nation of Judah, things are going to be bad. And I want you to know that the reason why uh, their consequences, their, their difficulties sometimes we face is because the way of sin, the way of evil is a difficult way. There are always consequences. This is why in jailhouses, it, it, they're filled with people. Because people who are in prison, not all of them, because some are incarcerated unjustly, uh, but a lot of people are incarcerated because they made mistakes. They chose the way of crime. They chose the way of murder. They chose the way of theft. And so because of the way of theft, they were put in prison because the way of sin is always hard. And so God is communicating uh, to the Israelites, Josiah is an example to you that this is what's going to happen to you because there are always consequences. When we fight against God, there are always consequences when we do wrong. I want you to know God loves you. But just like your parent who loves you will sometimes put you in punishment. God has to put us in punishment because his love requires that he corrects us. A brother and sister, do not be discouraged if you're under the correction of God. Because it is better to be corrected by God than to be corrected by somebody else. Hallelujah, somebody. It is better for God to be the one to fire you than your boss to fire you. It is better for God to say, break up, than for somebody else to 
tell you break up because when God is the one directing the punishment it is a punishment that is always going to achieve something great and so right now take courage it might be difficult it might be painful you may not like it but if God is the one who is leading then you better like it because at the end of the day your destiny is going to be a good destiny your fate is going to be a good fate do not run away from God's correction rather run to God's correction because when God is correcting you he wants to make you better and by the way let me tell you about Jesus because Jesus is also a correctional officer you remember him there in the temple he sees people selling and keeping away people from worshiping him and so Jesus overturned tables Jesus whipped people. Jesus chased them out because these people were doing what was wrong. And so sometimes Jesus has to stand on the side of right to make us right. Hallelujah, somebody. Jesus sometimes has to fight to make us right. And you're going to be all right if Jesus is the one who is fighting against you. But when he's fighting against you, hear me, he's fighting for you. The story of Josiah ends right. I want to tell you that. The story of Josiah ends right because when we read at the end, it tells us that the deeds of Josiah, his, his, his deeds, his, his, his first deeds and his last deeds were recorded in the books of the kings of Israel. The writer is saying there was a one misdeed. He fought undercover against God. But when you look at the entirety of his life, you see a, a life full of good deeds. He was a man devoted. He was a man reformed. And he was a man restored. And so I want to tell you that the, the gospel is that one misdeed does not cancel out all the good deeds. Just because you have committed a sin today or you have made a mistake today, just because today you cursed out uh, your, 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 your parents or you cursed out somebody and you said a bad word, does not mean that your bad word cancels out all of the good words that you've been speaking. Ah, am I talking to somebody? Just because you have slipped up, it doesn't mean that it's up for you. You see, here we see that even though Josiah has slipped up, Yet, Josiah's destiny was still intact because that is the grace of God. Because he understands that it is not the, the, the one deed. It is about the habits of the deeds. And so when you look at your life, you need to consider, is this a habit or is this just a once-off thing? You, you see that that's how God judges us and I love that because too many of us we judge other people you've made a mistake to today you you didn't text me today or you've lied me today I'm counseling you out it's over between us God is not like that hallelujah somebody God judges our life based upon the history judge God judges our life based upon the record that we have accrued and so the record of Josiah was a good record and here God is telling Josiah and telling you and me that your bad deeds do not counsel out all the good deeds your bad deeds do not counsel out the deed of Jesus Christ because it is Jesus Christ because of who his good deeds that we our deeds become good as well a hallelujah somebody and so here my brother and sisters I'm I'm getting to the end of this shamanic expression I want to tell you that you may have fought undercover you may have done things that haven't been good but God can still help you and lift you up and if you don't believe me let me tell you what the word of God says according to 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. This is what it says. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if one one does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. One of the things that lawyers do when they're about to defend somebody or everyone, this is what lawyers do. They ask them, is there something you need to tell me that I should know? 
Is there something that may compromise this case that I need to know? You see, Jesus is our advocate. He, he is our lawyer. Now, he fights for us. But we need to learn to tell Jesus everything. Tell him your heart. Reveal it to him. You know, you, know, you need to go to God. Lord, yes, I, I did it again. In fact, I know I said I wouldn't do it. But you know, Lord, I had this passion in me. And I, I opened up the refrigerator. And yes, I ate it. And I wanted it. In fact, I ordered it. In fact, I called for it. In fact, I was waiting for it. Lord, yes, I said it. And in fact, this is what I said. And this is how I said, tell God the story, the full story. Don't be undercover about your life. He already knows it. Because when you tell him, he is in a better position to fight for you. How would you feel? Is that somebody you're close to? Somebody who you know? You are defending them. You say, yeah, this person is a good person. But they don't tell you the full story. And then you're asked the question, hey, listen, I know this and this about the, the, the person you're defending. You're like, uh, no, I don't know that. How would you feel? You would feel bad. And too many of us, we put God in that situation that we don't tell him everything. But here, brother and sister, in Fight Club, we need to learn to fight not undercover we need to learn to fight in character and that means being open with God about everything and anything and not keeping anything away from God allow me to end this sermon on the words that we read about Josiah in verse number 22 Josiah did not turn away from him but he disguised himself to fight perhaps you have been like Josiah. Fighting undercover. So hell bent on your way and your will and your wish. Wanting to do your thing. But you realize today that fighting undercover. Fighting out of character. Not fighting with your personality is not God's will for your life. Today you like to say you know what Lord. I want to fight in character. No more undercover stuff perhaps you realize that like Josiah you, you have just been too hard-hearted and stubborn and, and not listening to the word of God people have been telling you don't 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 in fact this is what God is saying but you say no nah, I, I want to do this but you want to say you know what now nah, I'm going to stop that life and I want to follow God perhaps you want to say like you know uh, I've been feeling bad about the mistake that I've made the slip up that I've made but today I realize that one slip up does not mean I'm canceled doesn't mean that it's over for me and today i want to accept the grace of god and say you know what god is with me and he's going to fight for me and 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 he accepts me he has not thrown me away i'm still his child perhaps that's what you want to do today because i want to do that today every head is bowed every set of eyes is closed as we pray let us pray mighty god we don't want to fight undercover we want to fight in character with our personality with what you have given us Lord, we need your help to do this. We cannot not do this without you. We can't do this without you. Help us, God, to be able to connect to you and help us to not be undercover Christians and undercover bosses and undercover employees, undercover boyfriends and girlfriends, undercover this and that. We want to quit that kind of undercover life. We want to be in the open with you. Please, Lord, help us. Please, Lord, guide us. Because we believe that if you're with us, then nothing can be against us. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you, fam. God bless you.